You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Hey, Bills fans, make sure that you download the free Get Upside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank of gas. Happy Thursday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day. We've got a lot to talk about here today. The Bills have a new quarterbacks coach, and we got to do the running backs review for the 2021 season. And set the tone for this offseason as it relates to the running back position. So let's dive right in. The Buffalo Bills hired Joe Brady as their next quarterback's coach. And obviously he replaces Ken Dorsey, who is now the offensive coordinator. And so who is Joe Brady? Let's talk about it. He's 32 years old and played college football at William & Mary. He was a wide receiver there from 2009 through 2012. And I'll stop right there. We know that Sean McDermott has a soft spot for people from his alma mater, which is William & Mary. Then he went on to be the linebackers coach at William & Mary from 2013 through 2014. He was a graduate assistant at Penn State, from 2015 through 2016. Then he got his first NFL opportunity as an offensive assistant with the New Orleans Saints under Sean Payton, a job that he held in 2017 and 2018. Then his big glow-up happened in 2019 with the LSU Tigers, where that offense was historic under his direction with Joe Burrow and Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase and Terrence Marshall and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, all those first-round picks, they had a great, great season. One of the best offenses in the history of college football. And then he quickly got an opportunity to run an NFL offense in 2020. He was hired to be the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, and he held that job into 2021. He got fired midseason. And so I'll talk a little bit more about LSU and Carolina and what we learned about Joe Brady from those two spots. But before I do, I do want to kind of give you my initial reaction to this hire. I am very satisfied with this. I like it a lot. Joe Brady is one of the brightest young offensive minds in football. And I think he will mesh well with Josh Allen. And that's pretty important, right? You want your quarterback's coach and your star quarterback to be people that will get along well. And I'm pretty dialed into Joe Brady I followed him very closely during his time in Carolina. I've written a few stories about him and his time there. And so I've learned a lot about Joe Brady. And I can tell you that he is a big fan of the television show, The Office. And so is Josh Allen. And so these are both guys that are very businesslike, but they have that goofball, that fun side about them. And I think they're going to get along very, very well. But I do want to bring attention to something that I said on Twitter when Nate Geary from WGR 550 suggested that Joe Brady should be a candidate to be the offensive coordinator. And that was not something I was in favor of. And so I like him as the quarterback's coach. I would not have liked him as the offensive coordinator. So 
To explain that, let's dig a little bit further into his time at LSU and with the Carolina Panthers. And so like I mentioned, that 2019 LSU offense was special. And they had Joe Burrow, and they had Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Those are all first-round draft picks. And they had the best offensive line in college football that year. In fact, the LSU Tigers offensive line in 2019 earned the Joe Moore Award, which is given to the best offensive line in college football. And that offense was nothing short of amazing. They were the national champions, and I would argue that that offense was one of the greatest offenses in the history of college football. It was the first offense in NCAA history to have a 5,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, and two 1,000-yard receivers. They scored the most points in FBS history, and they did it while facing a really, really tough schedule. They play in the SEC, which is the toughest conference in college football, and they play in the SEC West, which is the toughest division in college football. Oh, by the way, they had to beat Ohio State and Clemson to win the national championship that year. LSU scored... 40 points, at least 40 points against five different top 10 teams while cruising to a 15-0 record. And the cherry on top for that season for LSU was in the national championship game against Clemson. And the really talented Clemson defense under the direction of Brent Venables, who was one of the best defensive minds in college football. He's now the head coach at Oklahoma. And in that two-week buildup between the playoff game, the semifinals, and the actual national championship game, the belief in Clemson's ability to win back-to-back titles at the time and extend their winning streak to 30 games was because of the additional time that Venables would have to game plan and figure out how to stop this dynamic LSU offense. Well, he couldn't. The LSU Tigers' offense could not be stopped. Joe Brady was a big part of that, which quickly led to him becoming an NFL offensive coordinator at 30 years old with a very, very, very light resume. Now, that 2019 LSU offense was special. Like I said, arguably the best offense in the history of college football. But he got a job that he wasn't ready for with the Carolina Panthers. They hired Matt Rule to be their head coach in Carolina, and he brought Joe Brady with him. And like I said, it didn't go well. He got fired into his second season. And it was a tough situation. They haven't had good quarterback play. Their quarterbacks have been injured. They have egregious offensive line play. And their star running back, Christian McCaffrey, has not been able to stay healthy. And so I think Joe Brady would like to be able to have the opportunity to coordinate an NFL offense with the pieces he's supposed to have. He even got head coaching interviews after the 2020 season in the NFL. He was a hot name. And then the 2021 season came and there began this belief that he was over his head. And I watched that Panthers offense, and they were pretty goofy when it comes to red zone and short yardage. And the reality is that he's an innovative mind in terms of scheme. He had amazing success at LSU, 
But his hype as a coach got out of control too fast. He hadn't proven enough to be in the positions that he was in, much less in consideration for NFL head coaching gigs. He was over his head. But I think this is exactly the type of role Joe Brady needed. He needed to take a position coach role and settle in a little bit and earn his stripes a little bit more than he did when he was given the opportunity to become an NFL offensive coordinator. And so I really like this for Joe Brady, and I really like this for the Buffalo Bills. And I think this is a natural pipeline that is being created by Sean McDermott within his coaching staff. You just saw his offensive coordinator, Brian Dable, leave to become an NFL head coach, who was replaced by the quarterback's coach, Ken Dorsey, who is now the Bills' offensive coordinator. And if things go well for Ken Dorsey, he's probably going to be a head coaching candidate in a few years. And guess what? Then you'll have Joe Brady, the quarterback's coach, waiting in the wings and being in good position to be Ken Dorsey's replacement. And so I think this is a good hire for a number of reasons, including the forward-thinking component of what could happen if this offense continues to perform at the level that it has over the last two seasons. Hey, Bills fans, this is Joe Marino with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. My listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill-up cash back. Don't pay full price at the bump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account, and you can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. Let's get started with this running back performance review. And just like we did for the quarterbacks, we are going to look at all the running backs on the roster, talk about what they are as players, project them forward, and really assess this position group and where it stands entering this offseason and kind of identify what Brandon Bean needs to get done with the running backs. So we'll start with Devin Singletary, the Bills' starting running back. He was acquired with a 2019 third-round draft pick, number 74 overall in the draft. He's 24 years old. He turns 25 in September. He's entering year four of his four-year $3.9 million deal, and the Bills, if they were to release Devin Singletary, they would accumulate just a little bit of dead cap space but clear up $2.5 million in cap space. And so if they wanted to release Devin Singletary – it would come with a benefit to the salary cap of around $2 million in savings. I don't think that'll happen, but this is part of our process when we talk about these players because these are the things that Brandon Bean is considering as he evaluates his roster. In terms of his 2021 statistical production, Devin Singletary had 188 rushes, 870 yards, seven touchdowns. All three of those numbers, career highs for Devin Singletary, he also averaged 4.6 yards per carry. He had 40 catches, which is the most of his career. 
228 receiving yards and another touchdown through the air. In terms of touches from scrimmage, Devin Singletary had 228 touches, 1,098 yards, and eight touchdowns in 2021. As far as his review for 2021 goes, Devin Singletary had his best season yet, and he really emerged down the stretch late in the season. He became the Bills' lead running back and produced. We were really excited about this Bills rushing offense entering the postseason. And I thought that coincided with three different things. Number one, him being the lead running back. Him being the feature bell cow running back for the Buffalo Bills. I thought that allowed Devin Singletary to get into rhythm and be the best version of himself and produce at a high level. Number two, the stabilization of the offensive line. The Bills got their offensive line figured out down the stretch, and that was obviously a benefit to Devin Singletary and the Bills' ability to produce on the ground. And then number three, and this is something we're probably not talking enough about, was a commitment schematically to more gap runs as opposed to zone runs. And I've talked about this before on the podcast. The Bills over the last two years have not been able to figure out who they are as a rushing offense in terms of scheme. Do they want to be a gap blocking scheme or a zone blocking scheme? And usually you can look at a team's offensive linemen and the skill sets that they offer and it's pretty easy to determine what style of rushing offense they want to run. Not for the Bills. When you look at their offensive linemen, you could be convinced that some guys are better suited for a gap blocking scheme and others could be better suited for a zone blocking scheme. And so you have a mixed bag of skill sets on your offensive line. And when you look over the Bills' run splits over the last two seasons, you see dramatic shifts in the style of run plays that they like to do. And I think part of it is they want to be multiple with how they run the football. And I think part of it is just figuring out what they do best. And like I've said, I think they've had a bit of an identity crisis when it comes to the style of rushing offense they want to be. Their most successful rushing offenses have come when they embraced the gap-style runs. And so that was a lot of analysis for the third component that I'm talking about with why Devin Singletary emerged late. But I think that's a big, big part of it. So as for Devin Singletary's 2020 outlook, I would think that he's somewhere between an average to a developing starter. It would appear that this is his job. But the Buffalo Bills have to find another ball carrier or two that they actually trust to touch the football. Right now, this can't be the Devin Singletary show, and it is. And that kind of worked out down the stretch, but that is a risky proposition to roll with entering the season. You know it. You watch the games. The only guy that they wanted to give the ball to was Devin Singletary. They didn't trust Matt Breida. They don't trust Zach Moss. And so while we all enjoyed the production from Devin Singletary, the Bills have to have more from this position. And so we can be satisfied with Devin Singletary and believe that he should be a major part of the rushing offense, but he needs more help. And the Bills rushing offense needs more help in terms of talented ball carriers. 
Now, one thing that we should really consider when we talk about Devin Singletary entering 2022 is that this is a contract year for him. And so I think we're going to get the best version of him considering his opportunity for a payday is right in front of him. And he's pretty hot entering the 2022 campaign. And as we know with running backs, contracts are tough to come by for these guys, especially average ones. And so Devin Singletary has a lot at stake next year, and I think that should be a benefit to the Buffalo Bills. Let's move on to Zach Moss, a 2023rd round pick, number 86 overall. He's 24 years old. He turns 25 in December. He's entering year three of a four-year, $4.6 million deal. If he's released, the Bills would accumulate $457,000 in dead cap to create $780,000 in cap space. The benefits there are negligible. As far as his 2021 statistical production, he played 42% of the offensive snaps. He had 96 rushes for 345 yards, four touchdowns. That's an average of 3.6 yards per carry. He caught the ball 23 times for 197 yards. And when you compare his rookie season in 2020 to what he did in year two in 2021, he played in exactly 13 games in both seasons. He had 576 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns as a rookie, 542 yards from scrimmage and five touchdowns in his second season. And he had exactly 4.6 yards per touch in both seasons. As far as my 2021 review for Zach Moss goes, the first thing I have written down is that he didn't grow. He did not take a step. He was expected to at least share the load with Devin Singletary, and he was phased out down the stretch. Vision was a major issue for him, and I have notable concerns about his overall instincts as a runner. He's a guy that likes to run to contact and just doesn't have great feel for carrying the football between the tackles and finding space and setting up tacklers and running away from contact. I mean, he's got some notable issues that were present on his film last year. And so for my 2022 outlook for Zach Moss, can he be the Bills RB3? Can he be RB2? He's never really played special teams, not a single snap actually in the NFL. I recognize his value in pass protection, and he's probably the Bills' best pass-blocking running back, and that certainly matters. But what type of role can he really command in this offense? I think he's going to be competing with a mid-round rookie and or a bargain bin veteran free agent for the job behind Devin Singletary. This is a player that needs significant competition next year as the Bills are sorting out their stable of running backs. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in a couple weeks. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is where the game starts. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, 
It's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and save money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership? They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. All right, we've got a few more running backs to discuss. Next up is Matt Breida, a 2021 free agent signing. He's 26 years old, turns 27 in February. As far as his contract status goes, it's expired. He completed his one-year, $1 million deal, and he is set to be a free agent. As far as his 2021 statistical production goes, He played in nine games, which equated to 13% of the offensive snaps. He played 24% of the special team snaps, and he had 33 touches from scrimmage for 197 yards and three touchdowns. As for his 2021 review goes, he was the speed back. He's one of the fastest running backs in the NFL, but he couldn't be trusted. He had ball handling issues. He had mental mistakes. He ran routes to the wrong side. And he doesn't really offer anything in pass protection. And overall, Matt Breida is simply a limited football player with explosive speed. And so that speed is a redeeming quality, but there's just a severe lack of consistency in other critical components to playing running back for this guy to have commanded a bigger role in the offense. And so for his 2022 outlook, I really don't expect him to be back. He was the guy that entered this running back room with the different skill set, right? He was the explosive guy that could really test the edges of a defense and has this dynamic speed, but he couldn't make a consistent impact for the football team. And so I'd be pretty surprised if he was back on the roster next year. Let's move on to Taiwan Jones. He was acquired as a free agent signing, signed a one-year deal in 2020, another one-year deal in 2021. He's 33, turns 34 in July, and his contract is expired. He completed his one-year, $1.75 million deal, and we know who this guy is. He's a special teams player that happens to have the label of running back. In terms of his 2021 statistical production, he played one, one offensive snap. That's it. And 306 special teams snaps. He was third on the team in special teams tackles. So for his 2021 review, I thought he continued to do what Taiwan Jones does, provides leadership and quality contributions on special teams. I do think that this was his least impactful year yet on special teams. And so we know who he is. We know what he does. As far as his 2022 outlook, is he still going to play? I mean, is he going to retire? If he wants to play, I'm sure the Bills will give him that chance. I mean, this guy has put together an 11-year career as a running back That is a total of 72 touches from scrimmage across 11 seasons. Zero this year. I have a lot of respect for him. He has made 
a decade-plus NFL career just because he provides leadership and special teams ability. So a highly respectable player, but you know, I think the Bills need to learn if he wants to continue playing and really assess if he's performing at the level on special teams at this point in his career that really warrants committing another roster spot for him for another entire season. The next player I want to get to is Reggie Gilliam. He's actually a fullback, tight end type player. Really, I think he's a fullback. He was an undrafted free agent in 2020. He's 24 years old, turns 25 in August, and he's entering the final year of his three-year $2.3 million deal. The Bills could release Reggie Gilliam and save $890,000 against the cap. In 2021, he had three rushes for three yards. He also had three catches. He played 14% of the snaps on offense and 77% of the snaps on special teams. In terms of his 2021 review, his role in the offense really expanded later in the season. Like I mentioned already, the Bills embraced more of a gap-style run scheme and Gilliam became more involved as a lead blocker, and he did quite well. A lot of those outside power runs with Josh Allen and lead plays with Devin Singletary behind him, you know, he really became a factor down the stretch. And so I think he just kind of does his job. He provides the Bills a fullback, and he provides the Bills a fullback that can also play special teams. And so as for 2022 and his outlook, I'm looking for more of the same. Special teams and filling in when the Bills want to use a fullback. I don't think he's one of the best fullbacks in the NFL, but I think his ability to produce on teams makes him a rosterable player. I think every team in the NFL should have a player just like Reggie Gilliam. So we've talked about the players on the roster at running back. So let's examine this need overall. What do the Bills need to do this offseason? Well, I think this is a pretty notable need. The Bills only have one ball carrier that the team trusted down the stretch. That's kind of an issue. I don't expect Matt Breida to be back. The Bills need an RB2. I think they have a decent starter in Devin Singletary that is a cerebral back, but he's not overly dynamic. Devin Singletary is not one of the best running backs in the NFL or one of the more dynamic running backs. He's fine. He gets the job done. He's a reasonable player, but the Bills don't have a dynamic player back there, and I'm certainly not advocating for a major investment to get one. I don't want a first-round pick on running back. I don't want a big you know, free agent signing there, but I think the Bills need to find another couple backs that they're going to trust to give the football to. They need more depth. They need to probably draft one in the middle rounds. And they probably need to sign a bargain bin free agent that can come in and provide valuable depth. Zach Moss has to be challenged this offseason. And you need to be forward thinking because Devin Singletary is entering a contract year. And so extending running backs is kind of a challenging conversation because typically things don't go well. And when I say typically, I mean almost every time things don't go well on those second contracts. And so this is definitely a position group that is extremely upgradable in my mind. I'm satisfied with Gilliam at fullback. Obviously, you have a aging veteran special teamer in Taiwan Jones. But this position group overall 
is extremely upgradable. And I think the Bills need to find more depth and consider ways that they can get more dynamic at running back. I think that would make this offense better. And just kind of tying our initial segment together with the conversation we had about running backs, you know, initially we talked about the Bills hiring Joe Brady to be the quarterback's coach. The Bills probably need to look at whoever they sign to be the offensive line coach as somebody with a good resume in terms of running the football. You got Ken Dorsey, you got Joe Brady, you got Chad Hall. These are all passing game people. You need somebody on this coaching staff that has a mind for the run game. And so connecting the entire podcast, all of the conversations that we've had, I think that's a a major takeaway that I hope that you have from this conversation. The Bills need to find some coaching talent that has a resume of being able to run the football and how to get that done in Buffalo. I don't want the Bills to run the ball a lot, but I want it to be effective, and I want there to be the threat of running the football to go with the passing game. And so I think that's going to come in a lot of ways through whoever they hire to be the offensive line coach. All right, folks, that'll do it for us here today on the podcast. I'm still down here in Mobile, Alabama, for the Senior Bowl. I'll be here until Sunday, so plenty of time left in Mobile. And the plan right now is to continue the performance review series with the tight ends. But, you know, the news cycle comes fast, and so we will adjust and pivot as necessary. You know, if the Bills hire an offensive line coach or other things happen, we'll definitely get to it tomorrow on the podcast and incorporate that with our discussion regarding the Buffalo Bills tight ends. So don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Would love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.